time to ham up. Okay. Now I gotta really try hard. Shut it down! Somehow it's the best. The Young Chunks Podcast. Yum Chunks! Hey everybody, how's it going? Welcome to After the Credits, a Yum Chunks podcast. I'm Sean Davis, and with me is Ryan Davis. Hello. And Chris Schmidt. That's me. Thanks for tuning in, everyone, and listening. Tonight we're going to be talking about Ant-Man and the Wasp. Unfortunately, Chewie is not here with us. He's on a honeymoon. He's married. He's married now, and Vince is not here with us because he's dead to us, basically. He's also married, though. <laughs> he's also married. But he's not a He's honey. married with children. All true facts. These are things you can look this up, folks. We don't make this stuff up. Uh, yeah. Um, we're going to be talking about Ant-Man and the Wasp, but a lot has happened. So much has happened since we um, our last episode. Um, Matt is now a married man. He is taken. All you single ladies. All you single ladies. <laughs> And we're going to get sued now, Chris. <laughs> it was under three seconds. We're okay. um, hey, I saw you dancing to that at the wedding. After it, I was like, as soon as it went on, I was like, Sean is going to be so pissed. I, was. I turned around and you were sitting there dancing. I was upset. <laughs> but that cartoon is catchy. <laughs> it's hard not to dance to that. Especially if you've had some margaritas. Um, I'm surprised we weren't on the dance floor when they played Shake It Off. Like, I was, we, well, I was, I I was heard looking around for everyone, but I was like the opposite end. Yeah, I, was I did see a bunch side. of like those high school kids that were at the wedding. Just go, they, they came off from off screen essentially <laughs> they were just like a bunch of high school kids crashed matt's wedding by the way that's yeah, what... <laughs> that's true um yeah we were they were playing it while we were getting drinks or playing while they were getting machine but anyways it was a good wedding it was fun they're they are married so you know yeah. success and there was good food those fish tacos were those delicious were and i don't tacos. like Seafood yeah, or really fish like tacos, fish. and they were delicious. I didn't have any. What? Why not? What's your problem? Because this got gross stuff on it. Like what? what do you mean by gross? That, that like cream salsa. I won't be a part of that. <laughs> you don't even know what it is. Exactly. I won't be a part of it. <laughs> You're, oh, oh, so we Chris. just eat rice and beans the whole time? All right. Also, Chris will not be oh, with us out. on this episode. <laughs> and I didn't have any alcohol for obvious reasons. Did you at least reasons. have cake? For obvious reasons. No, I did not have cake. What about a cupcake? You got a I tray of a cupcake. All, all right. you got was a tray of candy. That was... <laughs> the cupcakes were pretty good. Yeah, right. the cupcakes were good actually. I like yeah, those. I did like those cupcakes. It was very hot though too, so that was also I, there were sweating a lot of bugs as, there. as members of I the got, party, bridal like party, things. tuxedos all day. Yeah, I'm, um, that's right. I mean, Sean were part of the wedding party, yeah. and we had to Sean. Hot we had to give away Chewy. Yeah, Sean, you got them married. You yeah, did that. I we married tell them. The viewers, that you married them. I. I said, you're man and wife, or you're husband and wife, and I said some words, and I gave them rings. Kay, Kay really like, liked it. She she was actually tearing up during Jess's speech. Aww. I laughed at her. I <laughs> <laughs> felt good. <laughs> actually, it's funny, I made a comment to Jess about that, too, like, when people were tearing up, like, why were people crying? <laughs> and then, what is the matter with people? That had to be the nerdiest wedding, or one of the nerdiest weddings. Just so many freaking Sh- Shrek references. <laughs> oh, yeah, I'm actually obviously. surprised it wasn't more nerdy. To be, if I'm going to be honest, they could have gone further. With yeah, it could have been were... the nerdiest because Sean was originally going to have me throw the football actually in the middle <laughs> of the session. 
I'm disappointed you didn't do that. But but I had to, yeah, I had to war- tell you no, despite. I would have done it. Yeah. Was there a secret hand signal like during the ceremony? <laughs> That's what I was asking. That was the last the last question I asked him. I was like, "What's the go?" Because I'm going to do this unless. Unless you're joking right now. <laughs> the go is, Chris, throw the football out of me now! And then, the and then I, I specifically asked him, how hard do you want it to? <laughs> yeah. You know, I can rocket it in there or I can lob it. What do you want? <laughs> well, next time. Someone else's wedding. So when you... Trevor's wedding. Trevor's wedding. Yeah, that's, that's true. Right. When Trevor and Becky get married, I won't be in charge of it, though. So you'll have to kind of go on your own. <laughs> All right. Wait, they didn't ask you to marry them? I thought you were a friend group's <laughs> I uh, have, universal yeah. marrier. I marry everyone now, folks. If you need to get married, just you can, give me a holla. You can marry Ryan and me right now. Yeah, I, it's no true. Power, right? I have. Well, yeah. we need you need a marriage, no, you need a you need <laughs> a marriage <laughs> license and a witness. Well, everyone on this podcast can witness it. Does that have to be live? Yeah, does that have to be live? We still don't have a marriage license. Well, we just make one up, right? What did they do in the olden days? Exactly, they just drew on stone or something. <laughs> I don't know. Anyway, so that happened. But aside from that, there are other things. Um, Ryan participated in a uh, Final Fantasy trading card game tournament, and he got... I didn't do that good. <laughs> top place. <laughs> I, I did. I did I. Uh, yeah, a card game we all yep. play, or most of us, a couple, couple of us play and enjoy. Yeah. There were regional tournaments a couple of weeks ago. Yeah, what's cool is that, you, you know, even though I didn't do fantastically, um, it was cool because the gaming community are all actually really just cool people. Like, no one it get, is like jerks to each other even when you lose or win or whatever and like i actually made facebook friends and people were really like uh reaching out to do that community kind of stuff so that was worth it if nothing else yeah well i went to that pre-release you were like oh my god i haven't seen you guys in a week i know it's kind of weird how it was just a week ago but yeah it was kind of well though yeah and so then last week there was a pre-release little mini kind of that was around the country, really, but um, we participated because there's a new version, the new edition of the cards are coming out. So that was that was fun until I lost and I went on tilt and never want to play that game again. <laughs> until next weekend. Until next weekend. Yeah, I, we I, whatever reason, I did not, even though I did technically better at the pre-release, I had definitely a worse time. I don't know exactly why, but whatever. Yeah. Um, also, a little shout out to Mario and Paul. You guys can suck it. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> our two loyal fans who only ones who listen to this yeah. and we just insult them yeah straight up um well did anyone watch anything other than the movie that we're going to talk about uh, i mean uh, hmm. hmm i i watched skyscraper last night <laughs> that's out oh no that came out today or oh, this week no. also by the way it's friday the 13th yeah. everyone so right. if you never see us again, or some crazy horrible accident occurs on air, you'll have witnessed it. If then somehow they get dude, uploaded. If you're at a lake, do not go swimming. Do not have sex. Do not do drugs. Do not. If you're at a lake. If you're there, if lake, you're not at a lake, feel free do to all do all the drugs you stuff. want. Yeah. If you enter a room, turn on the light. <laughs> if, I mean, these things like like just normal common fall, sense. If things, you but... fall down, get up and run. <laughs> <laughs> but if it was, it was like, tomorrow if you fall down don't yeah, just, just yeah. Stay walk down. into a room keep the lights up you'll be just there's no reason to see things um yeah so so that's kind of fun of uh, the podcast the spooky. i don't know about shows i've been working my way through persona 5 mm. really i'm really liking that game i like the visual style 
Yeah, I played a little bit of. I mean, I definitely mean to play for through it at some point, but I just the style and just like the just awesome visual aesthetic and just like an in your face vibe of it. I kind of so I was thinking about this recently, and as much as I like games that go realistic and you know they look really good and things like that, it's just I go back and I'm just that's cool and all, but I know that everybody can do that now. And so when you get things with a little bit more artistic flair to them, yeah. like somebody going outside the norm a bit. I mean, obviously it's just an anime art style overall, but just like anybody that's played Persona 5 knows it has like a very specific flair to mm-hmm. it with the effects and everything. Yeah. The, the UI is amazing in this game. Yeah. Like, I really like that stuff. Yeah, I mean, that's kind of true, though, just if you look back at gaming kind of throughout the decades the stuff that that visually stands out and kind of stands the test of time is the stuff that wasn't always going for the most realistic mm-hmm. because like if you think back like the early 90s and when they first started doing motion capture and like live you know video and games how bad it looks now <laughs> or when they started trying to do realistic polygon characters and stuff like you know the playstation one mm-hmm. era final fantasies and stuff mm-hmm. like that game still stands up in a lot of ways visually not as much as some of the games that went with a more artistic kind of a more stylized art i mean i so. guess a perfect example of that is let's think back to the ps2 mm-hmm. gamecube xbox yeah. era the most like visually appeasing game of that era that still stands today is wind waker i was right? gonna say yeah, wind waker and it, stands because up. it broke away from the norm yeah, it's like, exactly. do so shady. so there's a certain definitely style to that and when they recognize that it makes i don't know it definitely makes those feel more timeless so persona 5 for sure that being said detroit still looks amazing though <laughs> um i've been watching some more games done quick too i know that when like last week was the end of it mm-hmm. but there are some fun ones i watched kingdom hearts one and they beat it in like five hours wow. and they beat it on proud mode with Ooh. zero xp things so they were level one the entire game mm-hmm. and they beat it in five it's pretty crazy it was ridiculous right. the watch where four and a half of those hours in the final fight because you would do such <laughs> little damage no the way them it's it's fun listening no. to them less for um their banter because most of them aren't that charismatic some are pretty funny and they're fine but because they explain a lot of the systems that take place stuff that you would never know as a casual game or whatever or just even mm. a, a normal gamer a hardcore gamer unless you really spent so like with with kingdom hearts they have these systems in place where there's a minimum amount of damage you will do to all bosses mm-hmm. even at level one on normal oh. enemies, in a lot of places, the normal enemies were a lot harder because they didn't have that minimum damage they would do. Really? So they would have to like figure out all these ways using summons and all these other things. I to wonder get if the, that. it's also vice versa then, that there's a maximum amount of damage. Because yeah, so there is there is another mechanic is they will there's as long as you have full house health you can never be one-shotted except like, by sephiroth nope you can't be one-shotted by sephiroth either even at level one because they had the sephiroth fight that was a bonus objective you know how the stretch goals like it's a donation uh-huh. thing and one of them if they reached whatever x sixty thousand dollars they fought sephiroth and they they reached it so they fought sephiroth at level one with like three magic points and no health you know, all this stuff and he beat them and he could take Two shot, two. They could get through Sephiroth. They could take two shots. So you can never be one shotted if you're at level one, no matter what. But even if you have less, just one less than max HP, you can be one shotted. So uh, you always have to be basically at full, full life. Health. Yeah. Hmm. So you have to rely on Donald or whatever healing you a lot and making sure you have manage your magic points and and there's lots of other things into it. I mean, 
Kingdom Hearts was interesting, but it's kind of true for a lot of the games when you kind of watch these and you figure out like these things that you would mm-hmm. never know. I watched Final Fantasy VI as well, a six-hour, 100% speedrun where they collect all the characters and espers wow. and do all that, like, again, six Jeez. hours, and it's all about manipulating, like, every battle, he knew exactly what was going to happen. They knew exactly what attack, what ability, what thing would do, exact how much turns it would mm-hmm. take to beat this guy and stuff. With, like, the fast run? The fast run? Yeah, where you can like run. Fast yeah, yeah. I mean, they okay. have the they got the sprint shoes or the running yeah, shoes, yeah, yeah, okay. so they have that and all that stuff. Anyways, it's just kind of fascinating, fun to kind of watch that. But uh, yeah. Anyways, anyone else have things? I'll get my Oculus hooked back up. So I've been enjoying the heck out of that. It's been this freaking love VR. Um, Chris, you're a man that works in VR, but I'm a man that lives in VR. <laughs> it's true. Has there been anything new that you've been playing? Or uh, yeah, I got this like a little flight simulator kind of game. Actually, really, what I've been doing is I've been downloading some like little I don't know what you want to call them, movies, but they're like little like five minute little things that someone just put together. In v- it's like a VR movie, um, and you just kind of sit there and watch it. But it's sort of interactive, but not really. Hmm. Um, and just a lot of people are just putting these together for some reason. I don't really know. So I've been checking those out, and that's pretty fun. So, yeah, beyond the games. Have you played Beat Saber? No, I was going to pick that, that up. Is that like a rhythm game where you, like, yeah. where you have the, the, the like, lightsabers? Yeah. yeah. I want to get that and the other, what, Super Hot? I think it was the other one. Oh, Super Hot, I heard, is really fun. That's it's not super... just VR, though. That, no, that's, that's, that's a normal, normal game, too. Yeah. yeah. But it, it, like pauses until you, unless you move. Yeah, but I, like, but like every time I hear people talking, I was like, yeah, I was sweating after like a, like <laughs> ten minutes. Um, but anyway, so uh, yeah, so I've been playing that. Been good times. Nice, cool. All right, well, let's get into Ant Man and the Wasp. The Wasp. Um. So here on out, spoilers. Uh, talking about the plots and the stories and things that are gonna give away stuff if you haven't seen it. Airman dies. Oh, good thing it was right after the spoiler warning. So it's their fault. Also, it all takes place in the Unbreakable universe. I'm trying to think of why you said that. Who is someone in there? I have no idea why you said that, but... Is... Is a character from Unbreakable in Ant-Man and Wasp? No. Nah, oh, it just does. Lie. Okay. <laughs> no, I know. Well, obviously it's a complete lie. But I figured your mind had some reasoning for saying it. No. Um, all right. Samuel L. Jackson exists in that universe. Bam. <laughs> that, brought that, it back. Yep. Good job. <laughs> he it. is Mr. Glass, actually. <laughs> oh, I thought you were going with Unbreakable Kimmy Schmidt. Oh, no. no. <laughs> I was going to make a joke, but then you were thinking that the whole time. I was time. like, what characters from Unbreakable Kevin Schmidt are in Ant-Man in the Wall? You know, Tim Heidecker was in that both the first Ant-Man and this Ant-Man, actually. Yep. Was he, who was he in the first Ant-Man? I can't remember off the top of my head. Maybe he remember the same he was character. There. Is he the same character? No, he's a different character. He's like Stan Lee, then. Yeah. Or is Stan Lee the same character? He was the boat captain in this one. No, I remember yeah, the guy in the boat. boat. <laughs> I, don't, I remember he was in Fantastic Four. And he was in that awful movie. Oh yeah, he played like the, the dad, father right? of uh, the thing, whatever. They it's do. just so weird seeing him in like a quote unquote serious role. Like, <laughs> Which is it's actually funny because it's funny to see him in that role, but because of Master of None, I'm actually kind of used to seeing Eric Wareheim in a kind of a normalish role. But now. Eric Wareheim doesn't play a normal character as well as Tim Heidecker. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> Eric Wareheim is still kind of Eric Wareheim. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, well, anyways, Ant-Man and the Wasp. What would you guys like it or not like it? Or maybe some of both? I liked it. I liked it. Yeah, I liked it. 
Oh, End of episode. <laughs> everybody, you hear it here first. <laughs> da, 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 da. No, I mean, I, there's a lot of things I can say I like about it. It, it's non-offensive, right? <laughs> uh, That's no, what I, I like most yes. about it. It didn't offend yes, me. Yes, I agree. I mean, it's it's not bad. It's an enjoyable romp, right? It's not bad, like in the sense that like Iron Man Two is bad. Like where you're watching, and you're like, oh, is this freaking done yet? Right? Like. <laughs> uh-huh. I don't know, but at the same time, you're you're watching it, and you're like, this isn't great either. <laughs> yeah, I, it's kind of funny. Like, I kind of felt, even though I had a, it was a good summer movie, right? A good way to kind yeah. of get me cap off the summer or something. Just like, yeah, don't think too hard about this movie, everybody. Just have a good old time, and you do. But, it, yeah, I don't, it, I feel like I'm going to forget about this movie. Like, I, I yeah. feel like it's not going to have a lot of staying power for me. Oh, absolutely not. This, like, this turn yeah. is supposed to just be, like, a fun little bite-our-time type thing, right? Yeah, and it Because was, it did, at the yeah. end of the day, only the, the, the post credit scene even matters to well, the Well, I mean, I, you, you're right in terms of the greater scheme of things, but I... I it, is, is that the only thing we're judging these movies by now anymore? Is <laughs> yeah, how does it prolong the lineage yeah. of the legacy? Um... But but that being said, yeah, I agree. It's kind of like the ca- palate cleanser after you know yeah. Infinity War. We're just like, okay, we had to do all this stuff, but remember, it's just comic book fun. Here you go, eat this, you know, cheeseburger. It's fun to eat. Um, I would say it's more like just a barrel popcorn. Yeah, okay, barrel. Popcorn. But not less substance. Whereas cheeseburger, at least there's some protein. Yeah, that's true. There's something there. I mean, so things I liked. Uh, I was thinking about this earlier. I do think Ant-Man has the best soundtracks of any of the the Marvel movies. The only thing that would rival it, I think, is the Black Panther soundtrack. I think mm-hmm. I know the Ant-Man theme from the first one. Like, it's something I can actually hum. You know, like, it's something that I know. I'm not disagreeing. Just, like, I just listening, don't know the music off the Just listening remember. to it, it's something I can listen to the album and have a good time where... A lot of the other ones just they fall more into like that tonage. I mean, it depends what you mean by do you mean score soundtrack? Because if I were to say soundtrack, I would say Guardians of Galaxy is a more memorable soundtrack. Let's go with score then. You know, no, but there's a difference, right? You know what I'm saying? Like, if it's the original music and like the music of the film, then then yeah, sure. But I don't know if the soundtrack is necessarily. Well, I mean. Ant Man technically doesn't have a soundtrack then okay. because it doesn't use well, any had, licensed music. That does. What they, they had I'm sure there was one. I don't remember there really being licensed. Music. Uh, yeah, I remember the credits. They, they were they some, yeah. Regardless, though, I, I'm not saying that you're you're not right. I just don't remember the music from it. Anyways, I like the music. Okay. Uh, I actually like the villain. The way they approach the villain. The movie. The yeah, movie. Yeah, yeah, no, 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 no. Hold on. Hear me out. Hear me out. Not so much so in the way that it's acted or anything like that. But I like that they went a different route with the villain than yeah. is their norm, right? Because they kind of went a very comic booky continuation route, where now Ghost is set up to could potentially could have like its little shield yeah. Suicide Squad ish type setup, right? Like it's something where like it could be working to redeem herself. Yeah. Like it's I not just a throwaway villain that's never going to see that story's this over. That story's I, over. I it's a new villain every. Flavor of the month or whatever. Yeah, I do like that she might continue on being a character. But you did touch on what I think is the weakest part of the film for me, and that is that just the conflict was not there was no yeah. conflict. Like no, wait, no I mean what? yeah. Well, and, and I think that centered Wall- around Wallace Goggins or whatever his name is, Wally Goggins, whatever the Yeah, the... well that's what you said when you first said I liked the villain. I almost thought, like, wait a second, what do you mean by that? Because okay. it's not even clear who the villain is. Yeah, right. Who would you say is the villain? So, yeah, I didn't like 
that side that side of it. Yeah. But I did like the ghost uh yeah. Lawrence Fishburne side of it. Right? Like cuz I also one of my favorite scenes in the movie is when she's trying to take it so far, but mm. Lawrence Fishburne just puts his foot down, yeah, right? I, like he's yeah. like if you do this, I'm gone. Right? Yeah. And it's it, what I think what really made that stand out to me is like any most other movies when someone does that they get pressured back and then they fold, right? Mm-hmm. And you see their character kind of unravel. But Lawrence Fishburne's character has stayed true yeah. to that line throughout the entire movie. Oh yeah, well I love the dynamic between Lawrence Fishburne, Lawrence Fishburne, and Ghost in term for what it was on mm-hmm. its own. I agree, it was yeah. great. I just don't know if it to me it was a it was kind of a, you know part of a bigger issue with the film in general is that I didn't feel like there was like you were saying, Ryan. There's there wasn't a great sense of conflict yeah and more so the stakes weren't didn't I mean, seem that important the conflict yeah. is super minor right the yeah con- i mean the stakes I mean, the stakes may not seem important i think they actually kind of are but the conflict, later on the, the conflict itself are. is super minor right because yeah. it's like everybody's trying to grab this for their own purposes but none of those purposes cross one another right if ghost wants to heal herself goggins what's his face southern drawl guy wants to sell yeah. it and they just want to use it to get uh, Janet back, right? Yeah, I mean, I think None that's where it really starts from. Like, that's where I mean, the central conflict originates from our from the from our protagonist's point of view, as they just want to revive their gone mother. Which, right. yeah, that's they, a very personal story. and It can be great, but it just also it it, it kind of paled in what you might think of a superhero, big super movie for the stakes to be. Like, yeah. And I agree. That, I mean, like, especially following up Avengers. Yeah, and again, it's kind of unfair to judge it by that standard. So I try. I'm trying not to judge by that because you're right. That there's no way it's going to live up to that. But I do think, like, even compared to the first Ant Man, the first Ant Man, I felt like the stakes were bigger than they were in this one. Yeah, and, and it doesn't always have to be world-ending scenario or anything like that. I agree. So I do appreciate the originality, especially with the Ghost and Lawrence Fishburne stuff. But it just, it to me, it just it felt a little unfocused in terms of like what's. What? Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, there's I a, there's just so many small yeah, conflicts, exactly. right? Because there's the conflict of him trying to help them get Janet back, yeah. but not getting caught himself. Yeah, which is then good. there's them trying to get Janet back, and then there's go like there's a bunch of really small yeah. conflicts all revolving around yeah. each other. But I feel like those small conflicts often I find that film with those small conflicts work well when they're revolving some, around something larger, maybe. Yeah. But there didn't seem to be that larger thing. Or send right, them. yeah. I mean, I do appreciate that they didn't have to make this into some world-ending scenario. Yeah, Because, right? like, every movie we watch... Well, not every movie, but every superhero movie, every video game has to be some, like, cataclysmic end-of-the-world scenario where, it's, like, it was kind of refreshing that this was a personal story. Just before, the, you know, the opening credits even come up, they tell the user, the viewer, hey, this yeah. is what we're doing. We're, we're saving um, Wasp, Old Wasp. Old Wasp. Janet. Janet Van Dyne. Michelle Pfeiffer. Which, by the way, Michelle Pfeiffer now in both DC and Marvel Yeah, universes. I was going to say, they're just, I feel like in a certain level it's like Harry Potter where they're just bringing, or like, yeah. all the British actors <laughs> are in the Harry Potter universe <laughs> that exists. All actors are now part of the Marvel universe that exists. <laughs> yeah. Or American actors, by the way. And right. British actors, too. But. Yeah. One thing I don't like about what they've done with Ant-Man, not just in this, but in general, is his biggest weakness is his own power. Like his biggest weakness, what mm. always breaks him down in fights, is he goes giant man, and then he faints. 
Giant Man, and then he faints. Giant Man, and then he faints. I don't think he went to the first No, not in that one, but like in Civil War, that was what essentially took him down. And I actually thought it was really fun how they incorporated that, because most of these Marvel films, when they reference other films... Very few, very little bit is 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 dependent, or you know, you don't have to know that stuff for these films, and you don't have to in this one. But I like that there was some relationship stuff that yeah. happened as a result of Civil War that is only alluded to, and mm-hmm. so it's like building these characters and relationships um, by kind of showing their past experiences and past relationships um, without having to reiterate it or have to, you know expository, just boring dialogue. You mm-hmm. can pick up on that stuff and realize, oh, there was actual stuff that happened even though we weren't seeing every second of it. Right. I like, I like how they did that. And actually, the part of the, the, what they did with the exposition, I thought, was bringing back probably one of the best scenes from the first one, and that is Michael Pena. Yeah, it's like yeah. narrating, but doing it with the weird, yeah. funny style. And that was the best part of the movie for me. It was just freaking so funny. Michael yeah. Pena on Truth Serum. Yeah. That was I didn't so like it. So it's Truth Serum. It's <laughs> not Truth Serum. <laughs> no such thing as Truth Serum. Like, uh, I, I was... All those parts were funny, but at the same time, I was like... Why does he want it to be truth serum? Why? Why does he care? Yeah. Why can't he just say it's truth serum? Because he's a professional. Yeah. And he's, he, yeah. Because they allude to him having spent a lot of time perfecting it. I suppose. And but so for cares? them, so for them to trivialize it so much is like insult- trivializing. But they're insulting. Cool. They're insul- insulting. Why is that profession? making something trivial if you turn you say it's truth serum? That sounds awesome. <laughs> I don't want my stuff to be truth serum, uh-huh. regardless. Anyways. Um, I will say though, like, I think a lot of the time throughout the film, I was, I was kind of building up, like a lot of it was building up and building up and building up. Mm. And to a certain extent, I never felt like the bass dropped, if that makes any sense, right? Like a yeah. song is building, it's building, it's building. I know it's finally going to be the moment where like, yeah, Ant-Man's being Ant-Man and it's perfect and it's cathartic and I'm really, and that never really happens. Like if yeah. you think of like moments in other superhero films or other like, that moment when in Infinity War when Thor grabs his yeah. hand when he warps through and you're like, yeah, yes! that's the moment. Or like in Guardians of the Galaxy when like Peter figures out what he is and he bl- punches his father. Or you know, like there's these moments. Or like even like the DC stuff when Batman and Superman are fighting. As flawed as that film and as criticism, that scene there's moments in that fight scene where you're like, yes, this is what I want, right? And and I felt Martha. like there was a little bit of love. <laughs> yeah, the Martha, exactly. That's exactly <laughs> That's what, what I was. <laughs> Uh, you got it. Uh, I felt like there was some of that wasn't quite there. There was a little bit of it in that final chase scene. There was the fun hijinks. I was stuff. I was gonna say what you the closest I feel like they came to it in your in your mind would be that final fight right as Janet's coming out right. Yeah, and it's both Wasp and Ant Man kind of holding off ghosts a little I bit. Guess, but that yeah. was, but, but, but they already had that fight. That was yeah. just a re- that was a reprise of a previous battle. Yeah, it wasn't. The- and, and it, well, I mean, it's also interesting because if you think about it, when they fight ghosts multiple times through the movie. They usually actually end up in the up with the upper hand, right? Like, yeah, except it's in not the first like fight, I suppose. Well, that's because she, but she eventually just ditches that fight too, no, right? She just does just run takes, away yeah. essentially. But yeah, I mean, going back to that, like, like this, like the conflict being so weak, and like, why, like Ghost chooses that moment to introduce herself and steal that computer chip thing. Why does she need that computer chip thing? Like how does no, she... she does need that for her goals. Yeah, but she needs it, but then she ends up stealing the lab. Why didn't she just let she them get... She needs both. Yeah, so why didn't she just steal the lab after they had already gotten the chip in the lab? Oh. See, <laughs> <laughs> and also, if Lawrence Fishburne, he's gonna, like, steal the lab or whatever, why does he... he... 
he knows Hank Pym's not an evil man and that he would be, one, interested in helping. Yeah. Two, wait a minute, you have a, 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 a you know, a, a, whatever, well, a person okay. in, wait, hold on, a, a person in your custody or whatever mm. who has a connection to the quantum realm. Yeah. Hey, maybe that can help me. <laughs> why don't, yeah. why don't the Lord Fishburne just shoot him an email? Hey, buddy. <laughs> and instead of us stealing your stuff, and then yeah. even when they get kidnapped and they expositorially explain, here's why we did this. Why wouldn't they all go through you go, wait a Oh, that's all you want to do? Shoot, yeah, we'll, we'll help, you, help you. Why is there a conflict in this movie <laughs> yeah. at all? Well, at first, the, it's because Lawrence Fishburne's character and Hank Pym's character do not like each other at yeah, all. Yeah, they they say that they don't, but um, at the same time, it's it, it felt it felt like less like actual hatred and more like a kind of rivalry. But they were still actually kind of yeah. friendly. You know, they had a falling out, but I mean, they're freaking in the office and he's joking with, you know, Scott and stuff. Like, he, yeah. he doesn't really hate him that much if that's happening. I mean, I don't know. I, 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 I just really. It was very. It was not. Well, okay, so there is, I mean, to support your thing, there is the bad line where they do actually ask him for help, right? And Hank Pym's just like, nah, not interested. All I want yeah. to do is save Janet. No, he said, like, I gotta save Janet first, oh, but after yeah. that, I will help you. At he didn't end, say no. Like, he said yes, but I gotta save Janet no, no, first. Because, like, but if Lawrence like Fisher had contacted time. him earlier, they would have had plenty of time to do both. No, no, no. When they first capture him, uh, or capture them, I believe he flat out, he, or he doesn't flat out, but he alludes like, hey, just help me, and we can move on from this. And he's just like, no, all I care about is my one goal right now. I mean, I don't remember the specific uh, dialogue. Maybe I think it might be, might in the, you mean like when they have him kidnapped and they're tied to the chairs and stuff yeah. like that? Yeah, maybe. Before they I don't know. the the Altoids yeah. ants, the yeah. Altoid ants, they probably they would have had to wash that because I'm pretty sure that smell would have killed all those ants. <laughs> <laughs> That's a strong smell. Peppermint ants hate strong mm-hmm. smells. Well, oh, okay. We all learned something, well, but they might also like strong smells. No. Oh, right. <laughs> Speaking of wasps, I watched this uh, YouTube video about. How wasps are like the worst jerks in the animal universe, and they just it totally is. ravage all their prey. Anyway, we'll talk about that more later in the wasp podcast. Back to that post-credit scene, I guess. So, when I saw Infinity War, the one thing that I wanted from Ant Man was actually for Scott and at Scott and potentially the wasp to disappear. That's what I wanted, so Hank Pym would have a chance to shine. Oh. I was kind of let down by the fact that it went the obvious route and got rid of everybody except well, for Ant-Man. I mean, I don't I don't think they were really going to... I mean, I'm not saying they couldn't have potentially killed Ant-Man and stuff, but I don't think they were going to have Hank Pym go like be the... Part of this is because yeah. Hank Pym is actually probably my favorite Marvel character. Yeah, I know you. Yeah, okay, but he's not that important in the MC. I mean, I yes, actually did like him. This film, he's an original Avengers. He is absolutely he, important. I mean, I'm he saying was, in the MCU, he's yeah, not he's important. Um, I actually did like his character. I thought yeah. his character and a lot of the character dynamics were really good. That was some of the best parts of the film was just the growth and the characters in general, and you kind of get to know a little bit more in depth of their relationships and all that stuff. But yeah, I don't think they're gonna have Michael Douglas be like some hero <laughs> savior for the end. Yeah, I don't know. I, I mean, maybe, but I, I, I don't... I wasn't... I was surprised that they killed off Wasp, I suppose. Um, maybe not surprised, but it's was like, oh, okay. It would have been fun if, you know, they were both around. Or maybe they killed off Ant-Man and the Wasp was left. Um, regardless, yeah. what what particle is called the healing particle? 
I know. They get that he- those healing particles from the quantum realm. What? What, what, what do you mean? Technical term. But also, and I love how they are just like, hey, while you're in there, don't get tied up and don't fall into the time vortex. <laughs> <laughs> what? But so I'm now 98% sure that Ant-Man's going to have access to whatever's happening in the Soul Stone. I bet you that's his connection. Well, I think this is our prediction. I don't know if we talked about this in the podcast, but that, yeah, right? Ant-Man's going to go back in time and fix everything? I don't know about time. I think he'll use the quantum realm because it's connected to everything at once. Well, I I did pose a question. Do you think he was immune to Thanos? Like, let's say that everyone has a a one or a zero over their head, imaginary one, and anyone with a one killed when Thanos snapped his fingers. Do you think... Ant-Man had a one over his head, but he just was not, you know, uh, uh, affected by it because he was in the quantum realm? Or do you think he was actually saved because he just happened to not be one of the other... I think he just didn't happen to be. Oh, really? I kind of thought, like, oh, it'd be interesting if he's in the quantum realm, and if you're in the quantum realm, you're not... You're you're basically uh, outside the time and space that Thanos has. Well, I mean, that's an interesting question, but I guess, what is it? Yeah, well, (laughs) because I think to me, it speaks more to like the quantum realm having some sort of greater significance than just Uh, it being Ant-Man. I don't know. Okay. Yeah, I don't know. Did you guys... Michelle Pfeiffer got superpowers while she was in there, so that's pretty sweet. Yeah. That just solved everybody's problems. I know, right? <laughs> <laughs> it's like, oh, let me. That was maybe that was the healing part. I was just Quantum about yeah. to. I well, was just about to kill ghosts. you for yeah. these. They did so, say here yeah. the healing no. particles for ghosts. Our new, our new ghost friend. Yeah. But uh, did you guys watch the how it should have ended for Infinity War? Uh, I don't think so. There, they, they. It's actually kind of funny how they set up. So they have like Doctor Strange doing his like future time yeah. thing, and then he's like, I. They're like. Uh, how many futures do we win? And they were like five, which alludes that we have five jokes to tell you about how oh, it should okay. have ended. One of which, or a couple of them, were actually like pretty good overall. It's just like, but I think the funniest one was in the battle on Wakanda. This is like Wong shows up and he just tosses all the bad guys into the mirror. <laughs> That mirror uh, from he's like yeah. problem solved. <laughs> <laughs> Moving on. Um. Well, this this is getting off of Ant Man, but it because they had the ta- <laughs> the, the post credit scene, we can legally talk about it <laughs> yeah. in our discussion. Um, it is kind of curious. How do you market the next Infinity War? How do you market the next Avengers film? What do you mean? Like, are you going to have commercials and advertisements with none of the characters who died in it? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I mean, that's a good question without tipping their hand and giving it away. Yeah, like that means you're not going to have Spider-Man in any of the credits or any of the commercials for the new Avengers. You're not going to have any of the Guardians for any of the commercials. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, hey, and if they do, you're just giving away. (laughs) Well, okay, they'll have, but like any of the side characters from Am, any of, you know, Doctor Strange is like, right? How do you present that? Not only that, but how do you present a commercial, like an advertisement for a film that's supposed to be fun and exciting? Well, okay, so first of all, the universe. First of all, let's imagine. So this movie is less than a year away, right? Yeah, next May, I think, or whatever. Okay, so they actually do not have very long for marketing on it. Yes, it is. I imagine there'll probably be maybe something. No, actually, I doubt there'll actually be anything at Comic Con. I think Comic Con. I, so. I think Comic Con is going to be all focused on Captain Marvel. Yeah, it'll be Captain Marvel. So I, I think the marketing for this is going to come in late. Sure. On purpose. Okay. And then yeah, they'll just won't focus. They'll keep the focus away. 
I don't know. I, I just know, think I, it's a I, tall order. Like if you think because about you it, can't like, not market this movie. You don't market. I'm not saying movie. they don't market. I'm not saying they're not going. I'm saying how do you market it from a marketing perspective? How do you advertise this film when literally half the cast has supposedly been dead? And if you show them, you are completely discrediting the entire premise of the film. Yeah, I mean, I, honestly, I, don't, I think there's. I like to think that Marvel has enough integrity not to show them, right? Because then it's like yeah. you're committing to the story you're telling. Um, but I don't. I think they're going to show T'Challa. They're going to show right. Like, yeah, no, they're for sure going to show them. I, I, in what capacity, I don't know. But if they want to get people in the seats, they're going to show these characters. Right. Like, yeah. Oh, I love Spider Man, and he died, and then you see a commercial, and he's not in any of the commercials. Like, I would. I, mean, I don't, I don't think, know who really doesn't. <laughs> I bet I'm not going to see that movie. I bet you one of the final them. trailers finally just is like whatever. But I don't. I bet you none of the TV aired commercials because those are all like thirty second stingers at best mm, or at sure. most, right? Will not have any of that. Yeah, I don't know. I just it was a curious thing. It was something I was thinking of for a little while. Like, oh, that is like it presents a weird situation that I can't yeah. think of. I mean, hell, it, for the freaking commercial on TV, they just need to show like essentially the ending. Of Infinity War, yeah, they right? could, they could, and that, that will get people trailer. in the seats. <laughs> yeah. Just be like, remember when this happened? <laughs> See the resolution. <laughs> it's just Kevin Fahey up on that just, <laughs> just in front of a camera. <laughs> <laughs> you, oh man, you guys remember the snap movie. Uh Yeah, I don't know. Um, so yeah, well, Rising. The other thing too, kind of having to do with the quantum realm. So I, I guess they kind of explained it, but. How does the quantum realm work? <laughs> Sean, the, the thing about the quantum like, realm is that it's really, 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 really fun to, to imagine <laughs> taking a speed of light ride into the quantum realm with Ant-Man and the Wasp. Uh, but, like, is it really small? Just like, oh, we'll be in the quantum realm. It's like, she's probably going to be there. Like, I, that was the whole point. They're finding her coordinates, right? And they have to find her. But, like, mm-hmm. if it's really as minuscule as it is... It's like, okay, try to imagine finding someone in the, a city. It's impossible, right? Try to imagine finding someone now in a solar system. Impossible. Now trying to find someone in the, an entire galaxy. Impossible. That's basically what the quantum realm is. How did they find... Like, my point is like, oh, we're right there. How do you know that she wasn't in a molecule in another country? That or how does the quantum realm work? That's my question. Well, I thought she had some sort of beacon, right? She said, like, okay, I'm but sure, but they antenna. didn't go. Like, she just happened to be. In the quantum realm, in the molecule in Northern California? Well, uh, right. We don't know how the quantum realm works. But they did previously establish that they're giving some sort of locator. So, And Michelle Pfeiffer is now some sort of guru of the quantum realm and probably was able to locate him. Yeah, okay. I guess my point is like, okay, let's... She sends a beacon. What if they got that beacon... And it was coming like, oh, shoot, it's coming 10 light years away. Well, we're screwed. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, or is it that we just take for like, oh, shit. You, I think you could literally apply that to any more. I, I don't think that, I don't think, like, okay, f- f- you know, space and time, right? I don't think it works the same way in the That's my room. point. That's what I'm getting I, at. I think it's, Does it's it work the like, same way? It's like, we're currently in a home and there's a home across the street. Those two points, as we understand them, are separated by something we call distance or space. Yeah. In the quantum realm, I don't think that's the case. I okay, that's think, my point. Is yeah. that is that accurate? Is to say that distance really isn't a thing in the quantum realm? So that's how potentially on Titan, planet Titan, where Thanos is from, or where he escapes to, whatever planet he gets to at the end of... If you enter the quantum realm, you could somehow just like yeah. be there. Yeah. Right? You're not actually traveling distance that, in the way we understand it. There are water bears. <laughs> 
What? <laughs> there are water bears. I don't know what that means. You don't know what a water bear is? Is those, it those little dust mite things? Yeah, those things. But those are... weren't the quartermill. That was just when he was really tiny. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. But they're water bears. <laughs> okay. They're apparently Great. indestructible. Uh, anyways, well, okay, sure. The quantum realm is just magic. Yeah. I, I mean, so. come on. It's a freaking comic book movie. No, I know. It's but I mean, that's the whole just thing about this. some semblance of like, I'm not, I'm not saying it doesn't make sense. I'm just like, all right, just explain it to me. I'm not yeah. saying I don't want it to be scientifically waterproof. I just like, just explain it to me. And I'll take it for whatever it is. Well, they don't explain what the hell the soul stone is at all. Yeah, but uh, we understand what it's supposed to do, and we understand how, how? it works in the universe. How do we? We understand it as a black box. Yeah, and that's what's important fine. in these kind of things. And again, I'm not saying explain the quantum realm. I'm just saying like, uh, how does it affect g- things? Basic g- cause effect is all. Give I me, give me a one liner from yes. Hank Pym that said, "In the quantum realm." There's no such thing as distance. Yeah. All right, I don't. That doesn't make sense. But sure, we'll go with that. Exactly. That's all I want. They do say that with time. They even say at some point time functions differently. So it's like, okay, I get that. That's fine. She. That's why she's still seems pretty young, right? Despite she looked about as old as Hank. Yeah, but well, yeah, it's supposed to have been. Oh, whatever. Anyway, good for Michelle Pfeiffer is timeless. Also, will white gold? Will Disney stop trying to de-age people? It just looks stupid. Uh, I'm not a fan of that either. But it it actually wasn't the worst. worst, It wasn't the worst case of it. That's I mean, definitely not the worst case, but it still looks stupid. It's still very obvious. It is kind of weird. Like, (laughs) why don't they just get another actor? I guess it's because it's like. Do you think if it's do you think it's because they're such prestigious actors that oh, getting yeah. to play these parts? Like if it was just Joe old guy, they wouldn't they would get a younger guy playing him, right? Oh yeah, for sure. Right. I mean he I mean, yeah. I haven't seen a movie with Michelle Pfeiffer in it for a long time. It was great to see her in it. She was in something. Um what one thing I wanted more from the film was more of the old Ant Man and Wasp. Like I they only showed yeah. that one scene with them attacking the rocket or whatever. I wanted a little more of them back in the past. Because to me, oh, this yeah. film, I like that it was Ant-Man and the Wasp. To me, it was like, yeah, I guess that's Scott and whoever her face is. But I don't know. I thought it was kind of more about Hank and Michelle. I realize I'm crossing the <laughs> actors' names with the characters' names. But <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, I kind yeah. of wanted... Because I thought that... Yeah, like I said, the, t- the title of the film was named for both, of, both yeah, sets. Yeah, I thought it worked kind of But I, I wanted more of the other team so I could root for them reuniting a little bit more. Uh, yeah, I could see that. It would have been... It would have been cool to kind of see a little bit more of their kind of connection. I guess... I think they were focusing so much on the connection between her and Hope that that maybe it would have been fun to kind of see more of the the wife-husband kind of relationship. Yeah. Another scene that I just remembered, which I guess speaks to it not being as great as I want to say it is, but was, and it only works because of freaking Paul Rudd being a stupid goofball, was when she like possessed him or whatever. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh that was such a great scene. Yeah. It was just all the facial yeah. things that Paul Rudd yeah. was doing. Yeah. Which only works because it's Paul Rudd, right? Yeah, he's, yeah, yeah. he's just yeah. able to be a goofball like that. Yeah. I will say that like for better and for worse, I think like when you're given a, a, a put Paul Rudd into this kind of character, I feel for me anyway. I feel like I would just overindulge and make it just like let Paul Rudd be hysterical the whole time. And he's really good for this part and I really like him, but he definitely is not like overdone, right? right? And and sometimes I almost wish they went a little bit more with his like comedic kind of just like ridiculous kind of goofball-y stuff. But maybe it's best if they didn't because maybe it would have been too indulgent, yeah. almost on that same level of like everything being too jokey. In some yeah, other films actually, I'm glad you brought that up because I had a, like a similar comment in this film. 
it felt like it it does fit in with the Marvel canon, right? Yeah. Whereas you know, if you remember all some of the drama that happened in the first Ant Man, I think it would it, in a different universe. <laughs> It would have ended up being a very non-Marvel MCU movie, yeah. right? If if Edgar Wright had kind of gotten his mm-hmm. way, mm-hmm. which I think in some ways I was very much looking forward to, yeah. and I'm still in some respects let down by yeah. the fact that that never came to pass. Well, I and mean, I, you I, still see that DNA in the first movie. Yeah. It's very clear. It's got yes. Edgar Wright's signature cuts, right? Right. right. And I think clear. a lot of the jokes that played very well in the first one that were probably his, you know, his brainchild. Were, were taken and transferred into this film. Like the well. Michael Pena joke. Exactly. That All is very Michael, clearly Edgar Wright. Yeah, that, that, in that specific that is one example. And so I feel like this film kind of took those elements that were probably the more extreme goofiness that you're kind of talking about from the yeah. first one and it kind of made it work a little bit more smoothly. Yeah, it kind of rolled it out, yeah. evened it out a little bit more. Exactly. And so in some respects, I think I like this movie actually much more than the first because hmm. it felt like a more... It did feel more in line with the rest of the films, right. for sure. That's but true. again, it it kind of does remind me of a film we could have gotten. Yeah. Uh, I think overall, I still, I think I do like this one more than the first Ant-Man. I don't know. It's hard to say. I haven't seen the first one in a while. And I remember enjoying it, but it definitely was kind of, for me, in the middle ground of the of the MCU. I know a lot of people really love it. Matt was here. Apparently, yeah. it's his favorite, even though I don't, we don't really think it actually is. We don't is. believe that. We don't believe it. But he really likes it. And I know a lot of other people, yeah. too. I mean, I really yeah. like the first I one. Did too. Yeah. I did, too. But, okay, so, actually, while we were talking, I started thinking about this. I really don't think I like Scott's character. Because he has mm. almost no character. He, his one drive simple, his one say, driving yes. force is his daughter yeah but other than that he's just i do good because good yeah, i would say it's not a very there's not a lot of depth there in terms of like you know there's a little bit it's and it's good enough for kind of the film they're going with right that's yeah. and that's what i mean when i feel like the conflict and the kind of the weight of the film mm. what isn't there even if it's still supposed to be a fun film i still maybe would have liked a little bit more because even like if you go to guardians of galaxy like like, Peter Quill is a freaking goofball doofus, right? But that character has weight. There's a lot to that yeah. character, right? And he's flawed, and he's this turmoil within him, and, like, all this father... Like, right? There's stuff there, my point being. And there's tiny bits of that with Scott, but it, it, I feel like they don't really dive into it as much, when they could. Yeah, I mean, okay, so one thing that they bring up in the first movie is that he's he's an engineer, right? He has a degree in engineering. Mm-hmm. And they kind of use that a little bit yeah, when he's like bit. tinkering with the suit and stuff like that. Literally none of that yeah. in this yeah. one. Like he might as well have had like literally no brains. In, in fact, they, yeah, they kind of intentionally paint him as an idiot, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Which ends up being funny, but yeah, you're right. It kind of, it really does kind of simplify and diminish his character. Well, not to say that you, need to be an engineer to be valid yeah, or anything. I mean, although that brings up an interesting point, which actually Lana, I remember she um, would remark and criticize, is like, to an extent, it's like, Aunt, like Scott himself is like, he, why is he Ant-Man? Like, he's a, just a guy in a suit. Anyone right. could be Ant-Man. Like, it's one thing, like, with Iron Man or whatever, he built that suit. And right. for at least a time, it was dependent on his um, uh, his core, his heart, whatever it is. Arc reactor. Arc reactor. Um and he his the suit is tied to um, Tony Stark, right? There, there. No one else could be Iron Man, right? Even though potentially someone could sit in the suit, he still wouldn't be Iron Man, right? But with with this, it's just like eh, 
which is pretty much throw on anyone. But that's yeah. not the case anymore in the MCU, right? Anybody could be Iron Man. Well, he, he has a million suits and stuff like that. But well, yeah. so that I mean, that's going back to the first movie, right? They they emphasize the reason he's Ant Man is because he was a really good thief. Yeah, and so they emphasize that in the first movie. Once again, it literally was, no thieving yeah. is happening in this movie. Yeah. It felt very demanding. It was just like, we like that character for the most part. You kind of touched on that. Maybe not as much as, as you might have thought. But I, you know, you still like Scott. But it is like, he doesn't know martial arts. He's not a yeah. fighter. There's no real reason why. Right. Other than the only reason he's in this film, well, not really. But plot-wise, the reason it's tight is because of his psychic connection to Janet yeah. or whatever, right? And I almost feel like, do you think they felt like they had to put that in because the audience would be like, why was Scott... I, I don't think the audience would have been sad no, enough to question so. it. He already had a, a, a like, personal we, connection. Yeah, with, we oh. would have... And yeah, there, so there are other connections there, but it was just kind of a curious thing is like... Yeah. That was the only th- real reason plot-wise he was in this film. Right, and yeah. I kept thinking in that, like, oh, the movie en- uh, ends up being like a rat race, hot potato kind of a yeah. thing. And so I kept thinking it was going to get to the point where, oh, it's going to turn into a heist, and they're going to yeah. have to plot this mastermind scheme that, that ooh, uh, Scott's going to totally have the master plan. No, nope, we're just going to chase through the city and no, make a big mess. And, 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 and it also felt like, you know, Hope at that point was more kind of actually doing, like, clever stuff. Yeah. Um, which was cool. I mean, that's yeah, all great. great. I almost feel like, I want to say that she outshone Ant-Man or anything like that, but I do feel like she had more to do. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I know, um, I completely Which agree. is fine. That's totally cool. I mean, it is called Ant-Man and the Wasp. But it's just like, oh, as because I love Paul Rudd so much, and, you know, I, I just maybe wish for a little bit more. Um, also, it's kind of interesting. I, I think it's really cool. Evangeline Lilly, she's probably, if not 40, close to 40 by now, right? So it is really cool. Like, oh. right, you know, that's a cliche in Hollywood. It's huh. like a woman over 30 can't find work in Hollywood. Not only is she over that, but she's still, like, played as the very attractive, you know, kind of thing. But she's a main character superhero action like star like so I don't know I thought that was kind of cool oh also and I like that the actress who played Ghost I don't know her name I don't know but her teeth were kind of weird oh (laughs) I don't know if I noticed that I just I her accent was very yeah her accent was weird but I just noticed any time because it's so easy like now like if you watch films like everyone has perfect teeth all the time aliens watch films from Earth they would just assume everyone had perfect teeth so it's actually. When I when someone doesn't have perfect teeth in a movie, it stands out to me. I'm like, oh, they didn't just go spend a million dollars to fix this actress's teeth. They just have her actual teeth. Well, maybe aliens don't even know what teeth are. Sean. Yeah, that's true. Well, they think they have weird white plates in our holes in our face. So, <laughs> so you think back to another one of Ant Man's powers through the suit, of course, is mm. his ability to kind of communicate with ants. But even Scott wasn't even really doing that. He was doing it on the simplest level, right? He was doing it in the same way he did in the first one. It was like his ride, right? Yeah. Yeah. There's that whole scene where he's trying to calm yeah. the freaking pier and the yeah. seagulls keep eating him. Antonio Banderas. Yeah. Antonio Banderas. Yeah. <laughs> but Hank Pym, on the other hand, was using them for everything, yeah. right? Yeah. He was actually showing the use of his powers. And I don't, I'm not familiar with the comics. Um, so, and this is an issue, not an issue, but something I had about the first one. Is that from the comics mm-hmm. that they could actually control ants? Because it seems so, like, cartoony. Like, yeah. obviously, it's well, a comic book. But One thing about Ant-Man's, the whole thing is this very cartoonish. Like, if you actually, like, watch Until a single one wife. action scene, you're like, is that really how this works? How <laughs> that, right? Like, that's why this, this movie is, turn off your brain, nothing makes sense. Why does a car that's, you know, a 
uh, hundredth of the size of its original form drive just as fast? Does it bear yeah. the same weight? Wouldn't it just sink through the ground? Well, they kind of so talk. Heavy? I know in the comics they go more into that, and they talk about. And in the first, well, one, in the first movie they, they do. They, they say that the, even though you're still shifting the same size, mass. yeah, you're carrying the same mass. Yeah, yeah, but it, that means you'd be super heavy. Yeah, and right. Also, you'd be you, super you heavy, grow, but the street you, I mean, you would take as much damage as the thing that you smashed into. It's just that's how physics works. So it it's basically don't if you stop and watch yeah. a single action scene, none of the physics makes sense. Don't worry about that. Just enjoy the ride. Yeah, I would say that probably that's true with all. I, I think the reason why we maybe notice it more with this is because it, it kind of draws attention to the physics of it. Yeah. Whereas, like, you know, when they're fighting aliens on planet Titan with giant fists and no gravity, like, we don't care because we're not really thinking about it. To to us, it's so far removed from reality. But when it's, like, shrinking and right, like, it, our brain starts thinking about it more than we probably should or, mm-hmm. you know, or we would in other superpower situations. Um, I hated that Iron Man was more effective against Thanos than anybody. I hate that so much. Well, but he's it's because he's Tony Stark. I don't That's my shit. point. I don't care. <laughs> well, who knows? now? Well, now Ant Man can save the day. You can be happy. It's close. No, to I Hank went Pym. in Hank Pym. To it's save close enough. Time. Hank Pym suit. Hank Hank Pym suit. I did watch. But Hank Pym did save the day plenty of times throughout the film. Oh, that's all Hank Pym yeah. does because Hank Pym's a okay, boss. Okay, that's enough that again. <laughs> Hank, Hank Pym's the best. Why do you like Hank Pym so much? You wonder why I actually like Hank Pym so much? I just asked that. <laughs> you really want to know. You want to know. It's actually because his 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 beliefs actually line up pretty closely with Vash's beliefs. <laughs> And episode. That's Chris. Thanks for turning in. Well, no, no, no. And that's I why like, Chris likes Hank Pym. Like, especially if you go back to like the comics, I like that he's a pacifist. Like Hank Pym is actually a pacifist. He's Wait, like, do you say pacifist or fascist? Pacifist. So, did, did you hear fascist as well? No. Well, he already said fascist, so I know you meant pacifist. But oh, I heard you say fascist. No. I heard you say his beliefs line up with fascist belief. No. Oh, okay. Is this because it's racist, Chris? I should get that <laughs> Never out. mind. Anyways, okay. So he's a pacifist. He's a, he's a pacifist, and he, like, he wants to uh, rehabilitate villains. Like, that's mm-hmm. what he, he believes in the good of people. And he's like, I want to find a way to, to help these people yeah. that have done wrong do better which is actually kind of what he sees in scott right mm-hmm. he, he sees somebody yeah. who could be better yeah huh. uh and it's something that actually in the comics because he's like he doesn't like fighting per se mm-hmm. a lot of times and stuff like that he does it to protect those around him but it's, yeah. it's not something he drives joy from like if you ever watch like i think they did this really well in that earth's mightiest heroes cartoon yeah. which i highly recommend it's really good it's just like his obsession like he his obsession of being a pacifist coupled with the fact that he is constantly having to going against that yeah. actually drives him insane to the point where he, he becomes more of a vigilante that kind of mm-hmm. his mind breaks yeah. and he's just like, screw it. I'm over it. Yeah. I'm just going to. Yeah. I mean, that's definitely a really compelling. I mean, you have those compelling like character, like, you know, um, but that's why I like King Pym so much. And that's why I want about. them to do well, things fine. with them no, in the movies. Well, great. I mean, sure. Michael Douglas is, <laughs> good maybe they will use him more i mean he's dust right now but <laughs> he's all we're all dust in the wind also did your audience like go berserk when they cut to them turning into like as dust no. but it was like, like, my entire audience was just like ah! <laughs> but <laughs> oh it was, no like it, it, was, it was so expected yeah. at that it time was, but it was just, that was gonna happen it was just so funny the reaction like everyone was like oh but, but 
but Scott's gonna be stuck now. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, but it's funny because those are the exact. That's exactly to play the cynical, you know, film snobs. But that's exactly what the CEOs and producers yeah. are like. Oh, the people in the audience are yeah. gonna eat this up and go crazy. But that's also why do. I love watching a movie with in an audience because it's yeah. just like because of those. Reactions. Actually, it was hilarious. So. When I was watching Skyscraper last night, like, that is, that movie is exactly what you think it's going to be. Exactly what you think it's going to be. For better or for worse, it's exactly what you think it's going to be. So, and Die Hard minus one leg? It's Die Hard on fire. Die Hard on fire, and he sometimes has some funny leg things. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, that was funny, one-legged. But things. there are so many, like, just shots of the rock, you know, rippling heroic, or, like, kind of one-liners and stuff and the audience was like laughing at him because the audience like they're almost metaing themselves like it's now the audience is so mm-hmm. like they're so aware they're making yep. their own jokes before like it, it's just the movie it's just the movie there's this is not right but they are like they're just so aware of everything that when you show a shot a heroic shot now <laughs> it's now it's now it's a comedic hilarious. shot <laughs> Because it's just, it is. But so I, I, I enjoy that. That's like, yes. That's, it was entertaining. I can't say it was entertaining. I it was like exactly what it was. And, and Nev Campbell's in it. Speaking of someone who hasn't oh, been wow, in films no for a while. Nev Campbell's in that movie. So she's working again. Um, yeah, anyways. Skyscraper. <laughs> oh, man. Uh, oh, man. But uh, Ant-Man. Um, what does anyone else have? Any final thoughts on Ant-Man? I think we got more out of this than I was expecting, actually. Yeah. Um... Um, I like the actor Goggins. I, I still feel like his character was kind of. I felt yeah. just no, like, he's uh, he's good. He was yeah. in quite a few things that I, I've enjoyed. Yeah, and he's been good in. No, I think I don't he's know. I, I would say I definitely enjoyed it. Um, quite a bit actually during the time, but as days have passed, I've kind of. Um, I not, think yeah. Did not liking it any less, but just I don't know. I feel like I'm gonna forget about it in here. I, I like it, I think, more than the original, but I still feel, to me, it's kind of right in the middle. It, it definitely is not bad. It's not bad no, by any no, means. No. It's enjoyable. It's fun. But it just doesn't, yeah, like you said, leave any more of an impact. And ultimately, it, it felt a little, um, f- like, you know, weightless. You know, I was just, so I watched Thor Ragnarok on Netflix mm-hmm. just yesterday. And uh, you were talking earlier about you know, in Infinity War, when he comes flying in, right? And yeah. it gives you goosebumps. Yeah. You're just like, oh, man, things are yeah. going down now, yeah. right? Like, the freaking yeah. god is here. Yeah. Can you imagine any other character in this MCU giving you goosebumps like that? Like, it's funny, because yeah. if you think about, like, Iron Man, or not Iron Man, yeah. but uh, Thor 1 and Thor 2. Yeah. It, it, that, how far so, that character's come. But not, because I was also thinking there's another goosebump moment, which happens at the end of Thor 3, right? Thor Ragnarok, mm-hmm. where, you know, his Halo is like, yeah. what were you, the god of again? And then yeah, he like, just, like, explodes, Yeah, right? like that moment on the bridge, and they're having, yeah, for sure. And that, like, that gives you goosebumps, too. So that's two Thor goosebumps I've gotten. I don't think anybody else is really the closest I think and it didn't actually give me goosebumps but I think the closest I've gotten would be the end of the first Guardians where it, they're like in the purple mist right and he's, he's oh like, yeah yeah we're yeah, the Guardians yeah, of the, yeah. Right? that's what I mean those moments of just catharsis and just like when you are imagining 
films of these characters, whether you've read the comics or just kind of slightly aware of them, you you make up these stories in your mind, in your mind, and you make up these emotional impacts they're going to have mm. on you. And when they nail it, when they nail it, it's like nothing else, yeah. right? And those are the moments. And and I that's what I mean is like. But can the, you ever see Paul Rudd's Ant Man <laughs> doing that? I think they can, but I don't know what it is. Maybe that's part of it. Is maybe I'm not quite sure what that would be. So mm. maybe that's well, part of actually, the hard the difficulty it of it. Should be too terribly hard because I think we all genuinely enjoy Paul Rudd like you yeah. were saying right and I think we're already emotionally connected to his character and his daughter right so we are already tied yeah. and invested into him and Hank Pym and Hope I think these yeah. characters we actually all really like them yeah. maybe just for their actors who knows but I think it wouldn't take too much for them to hit a home run in terms of constructing a story letting yeah. you know I do think that plan. with if they do a third one well they're going to do a third one because it's movies and money but yeah. um that I do feel like at this point, they, I would hope that they could kind of elevate, because I think we we're talking to Aaron as well, and he mentioned specifically that in both films, but this one I think is very a street level superhero, Ant Man mm-hmm. has yeah. been. I, I feel like they, they kind of can now elevate him, I feel, um, with the third film, a third standalone. However, he plays into Infinity War, that's fine, that'll be great, sure. But in terms of his, the next Ant Man film, and, and Wasp or whatever that plays in, like, I, I feel like it, they could escalate it. And I think I as think an so. audience, we're tied to him emotionally enough that we'll be okay with it being more significant. Um, so, yeah. yeah. Anyways. Cool. All right. Well, that was Ant-Man and the Wasp. All of our thoughts. Nothing left out. Um, but let us know what you think. Um, leave some comments down below um, in our videos or wherever you could leave comments where you listen to our podcast. And by you, I'm talking to you, Mom and Dad. <laughs> <laughs> Um, I was also I was just thinking of that scene when they were captured, yeah, and just once again just stupid Ant Man jokes when his phone his daughter was calling it was like oh, yeah. she didn't call me unless it was an emergency. <laughs> Come on, have a heart, you know. This is yeah, stuff. I like yeah. that too. That was where funny. are your, where are my shoes? <laughs> I'm sorry, guys. I thought it was an emergency. Let's continue with the thing. Uh, anyways, yes. All good stuff. Um, but uh, be sure to listen to us or follow us on the Facebooks, on the RS feed, on the iTunes, on the Google Play, on the... Are we on Spotify yet, Chris? Nope. You failed me again. I haven't been to our, our Gmail in a while. I okay. Uh, I don't think... Uh, last I checked, there was no emails, but you can email us. Gumchunks um, at, at gmail.com. <laughs> and email Spotify. Send complaint letters to Spotify. Why Fight they have us. not allowed us... On their service yet. And why, after the dozens of emails I sent them, have they not replied once? (laughs) Um, So, yeah, get on that, community. Um, But until then, um, tune in next time. We'll probably be talking about Comic-Con. That's coming up. That should be a lot of fun. And maybe some other stuff for the rest of the summer. The summer big movies are kind of dying out, so we'll find other things to talk about, though. That new Conjuring movie is coming out. What they're making another one of those? Well, first of all, I knew they they were making they are in fact making a Conjuring three at some point, but that's not what I'm talking about. It's another spinoff. Another spinoff. Yeah. Is it a spinoff of the sequel of the spinoff of uh, the it doll? Is called, movie? It is. It's called the Nun. Yeah, it's based off that Nun but character. Is it really Conjuring yeah. two? So it's a spinoff. Oh, I never spinoff or whatever. Okay. Which Conjuring two was? Which well, also, because well, we also okay. make an Annabelle. Another spinoff. Well, it means they made an Annabelle, which is spinoff, Annabelle. and then they made a prequel to the Annabelle. Yeah, they did. But the prequel was actually supposedly good. I never actually. I watched never saw that. I didn't watch either. It was actually supposed to be good. Was it? Yeah. Okay. Uh, but uh, <laughs> well, then not only are they making the Nun, 
But another spinoff from the Conjuring 2 movie is they're doing... Uh, you have... Driving the car in the background of that shot? Yeah. yeah so no, you remember, you remember like that weird, uh, like... Babadook? Basically the Babadook. The Crooked character. Man? Yeah, Crooked Man. I mean, he's getting his own movie, too. Well, that doesn't make any sense. If what powers does seen, he have? If you've seen Conjuring 2, that doesn't make sense. No, I know what you're thinking, because it's the same damn thing. Right, but, well, but spoilers for... Con- this is not a Conjuring 2 review, so we can't do spoilers I have not seen Conjuring 2, so I, I actually, don't Conjuring you dare spoil 2 it. Conjuring 2 was actually a pretty freaking good movie. I heard it was, it was really a good. Solid, I it was it. a solid sequel, but definitely not better than the first. I really yeah, like the first yeah. one a lot, but yeah, I, yeah, probably yeah. Not. I'll watch it sometime. But. It was not Insidious 2. No, it was not. <laughs> Which is one of the best horror movies ever made. I still have never seen Insidious 3. I never, have I? Wait, did I see it? No, I heard it was garbage. I didn't watch Insidious Well, then they 4. made Insidious 4, but I heard that wasn't very good. Yeah. Wait, they made Insidious 4? Yeah. It's called The Last Key. Oh, that's right. I saw Insidious 3 and that was garbage. We've totally gone off. Yeah. Well, totally yeah, if you want to hear us talk about random tangents of horror movies, <laughs> um, soon and next time, I'm sure we'll have more tangents to talk about. But uh, thanks again for listening, everyone, and um, thanks for staying after the credits. Until next time. Bye. That's why we're calling after the credits because look at we were crediting and then we had our post credit talk. About so we're after credits. our own credits. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Maybe we're just really disorganized. <laughs>